0: The Heather McCoy Show.
1: Welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining me from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest is our regular contributor, Robert Larson. Welcome to the show, Robert.
0: Hey Heather. Good to be with you here in 2013. Yeah,
1: 2013, the the year of our Lord, as Honoris Thompson, I think, would say. Um, yeah. So, so we're going to start off today with uh, more people not wanting to pay taxes. The Marietta Fire Department is uh, being undercut and. There's even rumors of being charging people for 911 in the Inland Empire. Um, how is that gonna? How much is it, and how is that gonna work?
0: Yeah, well, it, it seems to be another situation where uh, in this Inland Empire Bible Belt, right wing Bible Belt, people <laughs> just really, 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 really hate taxes. Very Tea Party ish, and uh, so I don't think they pay a lot of taxes in Murrieta. So, therefore, funding for things is kind of. Uh, hard to come by sometimes so yeah the there's a crunch now with funding for the fire department and they're actually asking the fire department to cut back on their expenses and one of the things now is that uh, they there just doesn't seem to be a budget to cover uh... emergency service nine one one calls and that type of thing so they're thinking of instituting a forty eight dollar a year uh, charge for services. If you're a, I guess a homeowner, that's kind of added into your property tax, $48 a year. So you can either pay that or choose not to. And then if you ever use the service, it's going to be $350 per usage. And I think people are pretty unhappy about it. And, uh, yeah, I can understand that. And some people though say, oh, I never use it. I'd, I'd rather just pay the $48 a year and, uh, Or I'd I'd rather not pay that, the $48 a year. I never use it, so then I don't have to worry about the $350 fee. So uh, anyway, it just seems like that there's, mm, I don't know, just pay the tax up front, raise the taxes a little so you have the funding for this, not have an extra charge to cover it. It should just be included in the rest of the the taxes maybe just need to raise those a little bit.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, if the the $48 is a mandatory in aggregate is, will the price go up? If not, everybody pays it.
0: Uh, well, I guess they figure that if, if nobody pays it, they can cover the, uh, their expenses by just charging 350 bucks every time someone uses the service. Yeah. So, uh, if they can get people to pay the, uh, 48 up front, they'd, Probably that'd probably be icing on the cake. That'd probably they probably have more money that way if everyone agreed to pay the $48. Yeah,
1: uh, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Why not just? Re- I think most
0: cities in Orange County, there's not a charge for that, right? No,
1: I mean, when, when you call the fire department or call 911, it's free. It's not, it's not, well, I mean, it's not free, but I mean, you're not going to charge you for coming out. Uh, so not only is uh, you know the fire department nine one one having funding issues, uh, public radio and TV is having issues. Apparently, I had no idea that about this, but apparently uh, the Inland Empire has its own NPR affiliate, and uh, that they rely on a community college district for up to seventy five percent of their funding. And uh, they're gonna they're gonna say cut you off, and you're gonna be helped to become self sufficient, which um so you know public media it's that's kind of a hard model to go through. Um, and then if you do that, you end up sounding and looking like a time life video like uh, KCT and uh, KOCE. Yeah. So I mean, whats I mean, what are the options here?
0: Yeah, it's uh, we've never heard this story before, have we have? No,
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah, underfunding public radio, that's not that's not something new.
0: Yeah, you know, you can't relate to that at KUCI, can you? No,
1: not at all.
0: <laughs> yeah you know we're pretty low on the priority uh, <laughs> <in> the <laughs> <bottom> <laughs> pole. but yeah we have KVCR out here which I actually really like it's I mean it's sort of your typical uh, public radio station and they play uh, on weekends they play some BBC news they have uh, some of the typical uh, shows you hear on other public radio stations the what's his name uh, Garrison Keeler and um, some of the other news-type shows, uh, which are, are pretty good overall. I, I, it has its place. It's uh, definitely somewhat of a balance to all the right-wing scary out there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's uh, the San Bernardino Community College District is the, the main funder for KEVCR, which is it's in uh, public radio and public television out here in the Inland Empire. And they are... Uh, Yes, seventy-five percent of the funding comes from the college district, and they are wanting to cut their contribution to KVCR from one point seven million to uh, to nine hundred thousand. That's a drop of eight hundred thousand, which is huge. Yeah. And so they're telling them they got to figure out some way to come up with the rest of the money. And you and I know this often. Means or sometimes means, uh, oh, we're gonna have to have more corporate underwriting and.
1: <laughs> yeah, more Coke Brother funding, or you know, more doo hits of the '60s, or something like that—horrible like that.
0: Yeah. So when you get like Coke Brothers or General Electric underwriting, you really gotta wonder how independent is reporting on say global climate change going to be so it's just it's sad when this happens but it's the story we've heard over and over again and uh with the budget situation being what it is that it's it's a problem i mean uh, we know that california budget has really improved and uh, supposedly we're we're in the black or we're coming up on that but part of the reason for that is that so many things have been cut
1: yeah I actually would like to see a TV and radio tax where if you buy a new flat screen TV, because so many people have like nine of them in their house. And I would just like to see a tax of, you know, 30 to 40 bucks per TV and maybe like 10 bucks for radio. And then that gets kicked into the uh, Corporation for Public Broadcasting so we can get some more underwriting for public radio and TV because they do do a good service. Well, don't they
0: do something like that in the UK?
1: Yes, they do. That's how I think the BBC is partially funded.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's these things that are pretty sensible, but uh, we have just so many Americans that uh, just, you know, when they even hear the word tax, they, they start screaming and wanting to grab their guns. and.
1: Yeah, well, I just painted, like, tax and spend liberal on my back, so, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of done with that. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's amazing how, like, oh, we don't want information. You know the other thing too is like it's amazing how we don't want real information and we just want to go to Fox News and the other thing that are MSNBC at this point, point. Um, and the other amazing thing is why can't you get a like a tax on your cable bill, at like for maybe five bucks and help fund TV too because the the five hundred channels of crap it, you know it's not informing the public.
0: Yeah, I mean I I think there's a. Uh... You can have these sort of opinion outlets like Fox News and uh, um, MSNBC, and but we really need a, at least a couple of dedicated public stations that are really about straight up news and straight up discussion, where you have a variety of viewpoints and uh, uh, and not a particular political agenda. Yeah, and uh, it's it's just sad that we don't have much of that.
1: Well, that, and, was, that was my sad thing about um, MSNBC is when Keith was kind of getting into a rut. I'm like, okay, this is a time when you start expanding your news department and doing feature stories like, you know, like uh, Edward or Mario would do.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, we know the, the golden age of, of broadcasting. I don't know if it, it if you could put a particular date on it, but we know there are those pockets of, of people who were these great, you know, radio journalists and or your TV as well, just broadcast journalists that really uh, looked deeply into these stories and uh, presented them in a just fact-based way. And yeah, it's so uh, lacking out there.
1: It really is. Um, so, uh, we have two updates, one from the Minifee and their Toxic Sludge, which is good for you, which is also a book about the PR companies, and I forgot who wrote it, but it's a highly recommended book by probably me and Robert. Have you read that, too? Or uh, What is it called?
0: Toxic Sludge is good for you? Yeah, yeah. Um. No. No. I haven't <laughs> read that, but I think I've heard that title, and I approve of the title. <laughs> it, it is
1: a good. It is a good uh, book. Uh, so there's a toxic sludge minify update. Uh. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, they're not. I, I'd like to see some hard facts as far as dates and and uh, entities involved of, of how this issue came to be. But they're not talking about it too much in the reporting that's going on here in the local papers. But they they are just talking about that there are two public citizen groups who are getting involved in trying to push this issue forward so that it gets addressed. And um, the uh, I, I guess the officials are, are really not doing much. There's very little progress, and that is why. These groups have become so active, and some of the officials are, you know, just trying to brush off the residents' concerns as paranoia. <laughs> yeah. You're paranoid. Uh, sludge is good for you. So, yeah, uh, there's a committee against toxic exposure is one of the groups, and uh, they are, uh, you know, they're really what they're doing at this point is they're just gathering information and trying to get all their Ducks in a row, as the expression goes, um, so that they can come to these these officials and force force the issue. I sh- guess you should say is something to get done about it because it, it, we do know that, that sludge has been dumped in the area. Uh, I, they're, yeah, again, they're not giving a lot of information about when and, and exactly where and 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 by whom and for what reasons it, it was done and uh i i think we'll be seeing more about this in the upcoming uh weeks as these uh two groups citizen groups gain some traction but it's just the, the standing right now is that that they're they're there <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're,
1: yeah well,
0: they're not going to let this drop
1: I, I like how they try to just dismiss it as paranoia it kind of reminds me of uh what is it jack ripper on doctor strange love fluoridation is a comedy plot <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know it's it's uh, they. I guess if you're an official, you, in unless you're one of those people that's there for just such altruistic reasons and being uh, uh, helping your fellow citizens, you know there are a few people out there like that, but they're that's the problem. They're just a few. Most of them are just trying to stay in power, maintain their job, and not. Definitely not ruffle any feathers of those uh, with all the money. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then they also want to get promoted upwards too.
0: Yeah, so they, they just, uh, um, it, it's sometimes easier to just say, oh, nothing's going on here.
1: Yeah, I always like Mar Brady, nothing to see here, move along. <laughs> from South Park. The last update we have before we wrap up this report from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest is a water problem in Wildemar.
0: Yeah, uh, what the deal is there is that uh, I think the last time we talked about it is there. Uh, there's the County Riverside Water District, which is a private company. Uh, sounds like a public one, but it's it's private. They have um, been, fo- I don't I want to say forced, but they kind of pushed into allowing two adjacent water districts to sort of take over the... Um, delivering of water to its approximately 100 uh, residents in the uh, Wildemar area because, I mean, it's now no question about it that the water from uh, County Riverside district is uh, tainted with nitrates two times above the allowable limit. So that's that's bad
1: <laughs> it is bad uh it, when you see water districts take over are they gonna just completely replace the infrastructure because everything is completely bad in this w- private water system or what how are they gonna they're, like, they're
0: still working that out and That's yeah. one of the options but right now the uh let's see they one of the districts the one of the adjacent districts has stepped in and uh, they actually what they have now is they have a tank one of those big tanks on a truck yeah yeah. That that is parked there in the area, and that supplies the water to people. And I don't know how long that big tank—it's uh, uh, three thousand five hundred gallons—it holds. So if that lasts, I don't know, a week or something, and they got to bring another one in. Uh, but anyways, they're doing that, which makes me happy. It's people have water that they can actually drink and bathe in, and not worry about. And uh, so that, that's where that stands now, and I think I think the private company uh, will just be phased out. I, I think they don't seem to have it in them to, to fix their own uh, system, even with the uh, handing out of a government grant, they, they just don't seem to be able to fix their system.
1: Yeah, they're, they just seem like they're over with it. And they're like, oh, screw this. We'll just let somebody else take over.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, it does It does seem that way. They probably weren't making all that much money from it anyway. So, uh, you, you know, but, but it's just it, it's sad that for quite some time, people in uh, this Wildemar area were having to have uh, water tainted with nitrates. And for a while, nobody even told them not to drink it. If you can imagine a mom or a dad knowing their kids uh, drink that water it's it's gotta lay some heavy sort of feelings of of guilt or whatever on you that wow, my kid was drinking this water all this time, and I let them do it
1: yeah i well the the other thing too is like um when my regular guests in old Moss, we talk about this often, we don't know if city like um elected officials learn from other city officials when it comes to like sports stadium financing. And, you know, I'm just waiting for, you know, one of those L.A. City Council members on Colin Nolan's show on NBC right after Meet the Press to go, oh, well, we privatized the zoo, now we're going to privatize the water supply. And then the, they won't look at Menifee as an example of why not to do this.
0: Yeah, you know, that's... Uh, we have to uh, keep these stories out there so people will know that this is the reason not to to privatize things. And to, to be... Uh, correct about things, I don't know if I said it wrong, but it's uh, County Water Company of Riverside is the name of the uh, private company. It sounds public, doesn't it?
1: Oh, County yeah, totally.
0: Of Riverside, But it's a private company. And uh, But, you know, the same thing with the, the fire service issue in uh, Murrieta, it's like they're wanting to charge people per use. Then when you start doing it that way, it becomes more like it's a private thing and it's only for people who can afford it. yeah. And even though it's going through a public entity, it's like, no, let's have an infrastructure in place, and it's paid up front through the tax base, and everybody as part of the community is able to use this service and doesn't have to pay a fee at the time. This is part of being a, a society.
1: <laughs> you know yeah. You and then take back UCI, insert your comment here, because it relates to what they're fighting against, too. So. Uh, well, on that note, we'll wrap it up, and thank you for reporting. on from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. This is the Heather McCoy Show.